Are you a caregiver? Or do you have a loved one who is aging and you or they might have questions that need to be answered? We have some answers that might help. This is Aging Life Network with Nancy Oriola. Today, you'll hear from experts and others related to the field of aging who will bring you answers, best practices, and tips for helping your loved one navigate this new part of life. Now, here is your host, Nancy Oriola. Hello, welcome to Aging Life, the show about all things aging. Today, I am talking with Dr. Janice Knofel, who is both a neurologist and the clinical director of the Center for Memory and Aging at the University of New Mexico. Dr. Knofel has been with us before, and we are so thrilled she could join us again. This time, we're going to talk about an often overlooked and misunderstood type of dementia called vascular dementia. But before we get started, I want to tell you just a little bit more about Dr. Knofel. She has been working with older patients um, since medical school. She did a geriatric neurology fellowship at, um, during her training in neurology and internal medicine. She, is a, she was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. She's a graduate of Ohio State School of Medicine uh, and was trained, um, as noted, internal medicine, neurology, geriatric neurology, and public health. She uh, has been on the faculty of the University of Cincinnati, Boston University, and now we have been for many years, since 96, um, um, lucky to have her at the University of New Mexico. She is a professor of medicine in geriatrics and neurology. She does participate in clinical care, teaching, and um, a good deal of her time spent in research at the Center for Memory and Aging. UNM is a part of a seven-university NIH-funded Vascular Cognitive Impairment Consortium, researching diagnostic markers for this vascular-type brain damage since 2016. Beginning in August 2020, UNM is also part of an NIH-funded 35-center Alzheimer Disease Research Center searching for answers and treatments to Alzheimer's. We have a lot of amazing work going on here in New Mexico at the university, and I welcome you today, Dr. Knofel. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy morning to be with me. Well, Nancy, I'm delighted. Thank you for asking me again. I, you know, I was recently reminded about how difficult vascular dementia, this form of dementia can be for a family in terms of dealing with medical um, institutions, legal institutions, financial institutions, never mind some of the behavioral issues that may begin to show itself or present for a person with this type of dementia. It's really why I became very... um, very interested in bringing this topic to an audience because I don't think it's very often discussed and I think it's often very misunderstood. And so um, I'm wondering if you might just for, for the novice, which some of our audience may be, just talk about the different types of dementia. What is dementia? Why are we suddenly, you know, most of us think, most people think Alzheimer's is dementia, period. And so if you could just share a little bit of light on that, just to begin our um, process here today, I'd appreciate it. 
Well, and Nancy, thank thank you for bringing up that um, that kind of background because um, it is very very important um, to understand that there are a number of different conditions that affect our brain, and that affects how we how we can how we can act and 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 behave. Um, so there are many many things that uh, contribute to our cognitive abilities, uh, and you're right. It's certainly not just um, Alzheimer's disease. So um, we know that there are a number of different types of, of dementias. Um, it still seems like Alzheimer's is at the top of the list, mm-hmm. but the 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 uh, actually the frequency of it being just Alzheimer's disease is really starting to decline. We, uh, we do recognize um, other types of dementia, such, such things as Parkinson's disease. If a person has Parkinson's disease for a good long time, and perhaps 10, 15, even 20 years, uh, there is a form of dementia that can occur with uh, Parkinson's disease. Uh, one of the things that we're talking about today, actually, is uh, vascular um, and vascular, what what does vascular mean? The word so vascular refers to our cir- circulatory system, how our blood circulates throughout our entire body, uh, not the least of which is the brain. Um, the brain is very important. We all know that. Um, actually, by weight, uh, the brain only accounts for about eight percent of our body weight. But it gets a whole 20% of the circulation. So that's just an indicator of how important the, the circulation is um, to our brain. Um, you know, over the past number of years um, in the general uh, press, I think it's been emphasized quite a bit um, what, uh, you know, how damaging uh, medical conditions such as uh, high blood pressure. Uh, such as diabetes, um, you know, when the doctor says your cholesterol is too high, uh, when we uh, talk about oh, smoking, <laughs> don't get me started on smoking. <laughs> smoking is one of those vascular risks. Um, other vascular risks include uh, diabetes, especially if you have had it for a long, long time. Um, and, and certainly what we've heard about a lot during the pandemic is uh, many people are getting less exercise. Many of us mm-hmm. are putting on weight. So um, having a little exercise and um, not much in the way of uh, normal body uh, a composition uh, can also add to that um, uh, to that vascular risk. Um, so. You might think to yourself, well, how, how, so how can somebody avoid a vascular risk since we need our circulation you know, to keep us going? Um, and um, the way to minimize any risk uh, from uh, vascular uh, disease is to really take care of all of those uh, conditions that we just mentioned. Um, I might also say that if we take care of those vascular conditions, we're not only taking care of our brain, we're also taking care of our heart, taking care of our kidneys, and also the circulation down to our legs. So we don't um, have any difficulty with um, you know, circul- circulation down there uh, to the muscles, the skin, 
um, and the nerves going into the going into the legs. So we all have to be concerned about um, our our circulatory system because it really does affect um, every every aspect of our body. So as we've said before in um, other shows, um, and I'll just repeat. Um, Dementia really is is a word. It's kind of like Xerox. It's a word that describes cognitive impairment, right? It's it's. Am I wrong? It's a condition, but it's a it's an umbrella word for a lot of different types of conditions of the brain. Oh, so so correct. In fact, Nancy, you borrowed one of my often used phrases, which is it's an umbrella. And Mm -hmm. we know there are many conditions which can be Mm -hmm. underneath that umbrella. So in addition to um, what we've already mentioned, um, Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. um, we mentioned Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. um, and then there's vascular disease. Uh, there's also other another condition that we call Lewy body, dementia with Lewy body, and we call it Lewy body because that's a, a change in the brain cells that we can see. Mm-hmm. Another condition is called frontotemporal dementia, mm-hmm. and this is uh, one that's really outstanding because it affects our behavior and our uh, judge our judgments much more than it affects our intellectual abilities. Like memory or language or being able to navigate, you know, in our in our physical world. So, can vascular be mixed with frontotemporal, or I, I guess what I call vascular disease? I would think of some of the um, some of the symptoms or. Um, results of that would be what you just described as frontal temporal. So I may be wrong in my understanding. Uh, well, but actually what, what you said right off right first is, is that vascular factors can affect um, all of those different conditions. And, okay. you know, we've always heard and we've seen, you know, we've seen the tables and the graphs that Alzheimer's is always the, the you know, largest contributor uh, to dementia. Right, it's like 50%, or maybe that's changing, but that was the general number. Right, half well, of all. I have to tell you, Nancy, when I was um, a baby doctor, <laughs> doctor, <laughs> a, a young doctor in training, mm-hmm. we used to think that Alzheimer's disease accounted for up to 75 or 80% mm-hmm. of right. inches. And now we realize that that is not the case. There are many other things that affect our, our brain function. Right, and I, I think one of the um, one of the frustrations that I saw in the family I worked with recently is that some of the simple, and we'll get to this later, but some of the simple testing or screening methods, really, I call them, that are done routinely um, as a person moves through the medical system, some of those one-page simple screening evaluations don't capture the types of um, um, symptoms of uh, the frontal temporal or the vascular type. They look more for the memory and the language issues. And so people find themselves not getting, you know, a diagnosis or not feeling heard that there really is a problem. Um, 
I, I agree with that um, 100%. And mm-hmm. let me just kind of sketch out some of the difference in yes. symptoms that we might be seeing. Please. Um, we, know, we know with Alzheimer's disease um, that the first and the worst symptom usually is memory, memory impairment. Um, it starts very gradually. In fact, it's sometimes really even hard to pinpoint when it actually did start. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, uh, the memory gets worse, and the memory um, uh, really stays the worst uh, 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 feature um, as as the as the illness progresses. Um, and that's very much different from, say, a pure a pure vascular dementia. Um, um, usually, it is uh, it can be a change in judgment, a change in um, what we call executive function. Executive function means knowing what to do and uh, and doing it and being able to accomplish um, all of those tasks that we have before us in, in everyday life. Um, and this time of year, I'll give a shout out to the IRS, right? Uh, taxes <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is one thing that can really uh, trip up an individual who is having executive function difficulties because it's very complex. Um, You have to be organized, right, to get all your papers together and to understand uh, the timing uh, and the importance of deadlines. All of that is is executive function. And in clinic, we ask ask about, we specifically ask about things like taxes or who's, who's, you know, has somebody had to help you with paying the bills? Yes, I, I have a particular interest in um, financial capacity, and there's not been a lot of research, but the research I've seen says that it's often the first indicator that there's a problem, bills not being paid and taxes not being paid. Um, yeah. Um, or, or even worse, we know, we know the taxes need to be paid and we, we know the bills need, need to be addressed, but we don't do it. Right, right, right. So there is there may be some insight in yes with an Alzheimer type yes, and and also I think um, with vascular, uh, and and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a moment. But um, some of the risk factors to the person's life, you know, um, financial exploitation is also for both also for all types of dementia. Um, people can experience or be more at risk for exploitation financially. So specifically. The differences between vascular type and Alzheimer's type is what you said. Um, you may not see memory problems, or they may only be mild. Would you say with vascular? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, what What is um, often um, um, what we see often in clinic is that um, the straightforward test, you know, we, so we do the cognitive tests um, in clinic mm-hmm. um, that can mm-hmm. test the various functions uh, that, you, that you mentioned, Nancy. Actually, let me mm-hmm. just review the various functions, the various cognitive abilities that we have. Okay. So um, the one we always think of, of course, is memory, um, but we also have language. We, we, we talk a lot about language and we do a lot of testing for language, uh, both 
of the production of language and then the understanding um, of language. Uh, we also test for a function called visual spatial, and uh, that's the ability to uh, navigate around in our world. We have a mental map. You've heard that term before. Um, so we have a mental map of our, our homes, our, our city, um, our, our workspaces, um, and um, when there is a problem with visual spatial, then uh, those, uh, that mental map is disturbed. And this can be this can be very easily and early um, picked up upon um, with uh, by problems with driving. Driving driving is a big one for visual spatial. Um, and then the the fourth major domain actually is that executive function that we were just talking about. So in clinic, we we test all all four of those different domains. Um, and the the issue is that. The executive function um, is so um, overriding. I mean, it really controls, you know, a lot of what we do, a lot of what we say, <laughs> uh, and even a lot of what we uh, what we think about. So, for instance, um, a lot of people have memory tricks that they use. In, in other words, what's a good way to, mm -hmm. to learn how to remember things? Well, that oven in itself is a executive function. Mm -hmm. It's that organization that we that we have coming up with ways of organizing. Yes. Yeah, I I love the frontal lobes. <laughs> you too. <laughs> yes. It's well, it is complicated, and outside of the bubble of neurology, I think it's um, it's often misunderstood. Um, by those professionals who are doing that, you know, I, I don't want to call it entry level, but, you know, they're, they're coming into the system. You know, they have been brought um, to one of our local psychiatric centers, psychiatric hospitals, because of some result of, you know, a behavior or an inaction um, an, or an action, and suddenly they're they're in a psychiatric situation, even a geriatric psych psychiatric situation, and they're doing screenings that um, really look more for Alzheimer's. That's just what I'm noticing in my practice. Right. Well, we certainly cannot downplay the importance of the um, you know executive function and mm -hmm. and you know the interplay you know between the entire <clears throat> brain. Um, we know that executive function is controlled by the frontal lobes, but it's not—it's not independent of all of the other functions of the brain. Of course, and I, what I've noticed is the best way on the in that I'm going I'm to call it entry level. Forgive me, all my professional yeah. friends. Um, yeah, that early, you know, beginning of uh, entering the system. Um, so much depends on what the family's telling you because it's not obvious in many cases, right? The, the um, you know, your parent, your sibling, um, they're presenting well. The husband, you know, your spouse, they can sit there and deny what you're saying, call you a liar, you know, um, um, 
present in a way that looks, appears, and sounds reasonable. And that's where things get really difficult, I think. I agree. For, and, yeah. and that's what makes older individuals particularly prone to um, scams and financial uh, exploitation. Mm-hmm. They sound yes. good, they look good, but things are not good. Right. And families saying there's something wrong, we don't know what it is because they don't understand the variabilities in, in dementias or where to go to get help. But we're going to talk a little bit more about all of that when we come back from our first break. And uh, before we go, I do want to give a shout out to my sponsors, TrueLink Financial and the Decades Group. You can obtain information on TrueLink Financial on their website, truelinkfinancial.com or visit decadesgroup.com to learn more about um, um, legal issues and uh, fiduciary matters. Thanks, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you overwhelmed and struggling with the next step? Is your family in crisis? Do you need advice or help making a difficult decision for an aging loved one? Aging Life Network was developed to connect you with senior care experts and life care professionals who will discuss your unique situation, offer practical step-by-step guidance, tell you the questions to ask, and help you understand the maze of options. Their network of life care professionals available to you through HIPAA-compliant video conferencing and calls, will work with you to create action plans to solve your current and real-time problems. Aging Life Network's online educational center, ALN Academy, offers 24-7 access to the most up-to-date and accurate information for seniors and their families. Through podcast interviews with senior care experts, articles, and live webinars, Aging Life Network shares with you those things you need to know to care for your aging loved one. Check out aginglifenetwork.com today and find the answers you need. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Aging Life Network. If you have a question or comment for Nancy about the show, please send an email to nancy at aginglifenetwork.com. That's nancy at aginglifenetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Janice Knofel, neurologist and clinical director at the Memory at the Center for Memory and Aging at the University of New Mexico, and we are talking about vascular dementia. So, Dr. Knofel, um, let's let's talk specifically about the common symptoms or presentation of vascular type dementia, and uh, and then we can talk about the risks those things impose to um, the individual. Okay, fantastic. Um, so we know that the uh, brain. Um, is responsible for many different functions. It's not just the um, the behavior and the and the intellectual functions we have. And in the case of vascular dementia, we will often get a hint or a clue 
that um, that it is vascular um, because other things are impacted, and in particular, the um, ability to maintain balance and walking. So balance and walking, uh, we might uh, you might understand. In fact, I'm sure you do understand that that takes in. Um, a lot of, of the functions of the brain, you know, we're very dependent upon vision uh, for balance, obviously muscle control, coordination of those limbs and those muscles, um, and then the ability to, sen to sense, for instance, that our foot is on the ground walking, you know, we can feel it. So all of those um, uh, qualities have got to be integrated and coordinated and that's um, a lot of a lot of that is put um, onto the frontal lobes. It's also put onto a, um, um, a, a portion of the brain. We so we talk we talk about white matter. You've heard you've heard, there's a couple of jokes out there about I mean about gray matter in the brain. It's like wow he must have a lot of gray matter because he's really smart. Um, but what really makes us smart actually are all the connections. Uh, between the different parts of the brain, and it's the white matter uh, that is uh, more on the interior of the brain as opposed to the surface of the brain. Um, and it's all those connections and working uh, literally right, right to left, front to back, up to down, all the way down to literally our toes. That is all the white matter. And so they have it has a really quite quite a big um, a big job. So, um, so it can affect walking, um, uh, making the making the gait unsteady, making the, the balance not quite as much as it, it as what we had been in the past, um, and then um, the white matter itself is also what lends itself to impairment in the in the cognition, uh, because we're not making those connections between all the different parts of the brain. So, so white, white matter is very important. Um, the other thing that we always look for in vascular dementia is whether or not there have been strokes. Mm -hmm. Now, people, mm -hmm. people can have a stroke and not even know it. I mean, maybe you think you had a bad day, but that will uh, actually be able to be detected uh, with our advanced imaging and say, yes, you know, there's a stroke here. There's a stroke on the left side. There's one, you know, deep down inside. Um, so we're looking not only for white matter changes, but we're also looking for um, small strokes. And in, in some cases, perhaps not so small of, of a stroke. Um, so the vascular component can affect uh, um, uh, a dementia, whether or not it's purely vascular or a mixed dementia. That's a term that perhaps our, our listeners have heard. Uh, in the past, uh, mixed dementia implies that there is um, underlying uh, a pathology in certain uh, cells of the brain, but there's also that white matter uh, disturbance that is, in, in, for the most part, amplifying whatever that underlying um, brain process or dementia process is. And so what... Thank you for that. Um, and I think um, evaluating a lot of the, um, you know, what's going on from a physical perspective is a lot of what you do in your clinic at the Center for Memory and Aging, correct? You, you're you able to look at oh, yes. we, how things look. 
at we we have to look at everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to look at what you know, what your previous medical illnesses have been. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to hear your story from you, but we also want to hear the story from your uh, from your family members um, mm-hmm. to uh, inform us as to what you know what what is going on. Uh, we do a complete uh, cognitive exam right there in clinic that involves us asking a lot of questions and having you write some things and trying to remember some things that we ask you to remember. Um, and we, you know, we come up with, um, with a, a, a score on, on our test and then we can help to understand, you can help to understand us where you are as far as where you should be. And we know where you should be on these tests uh, because of how old you are and also how much education you've had. So, you know, if you're 85 years old, guess what? We are not comparing you to a 25-year-old. We are comparing you to people in your same age group and at your same education level. And um, can you say a little bit more about the cognitive impairments? I, I appreciate the the science of what's going on. And I think it's important for people to understand, but what other uh, specific um, symptomology might be related from an impairment standpoint and, you know, judgment, insight, you know, the terms that I often hear, which ones are associated with this type of dementia? Okay. Uh, again, that's a, an excellent question. So we do take a detailed um, history from both the person and their family member, if available, <clears throat> to try to understand what difficulties a person's having in everyday life. You know how you how you managing things, um, and and then the second part of the exam actually has to do with the pen and paper testing that we, I just made reference to. So we have certain functions and their response, certain parts of the brain, they're responsible for different functions. And we test your reading and your writing and we test your memory and we test your drawing abilities. We test a lot of your speech abilities. You know, can you please repeat after me? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, tell, tell me what this is a picture of, you know, if you can find the word for it. That's all, that's all part of, um, of language. So we take both what we what the history that we get from you and the individual family members and we put it together with our evidence-based you know in-person testing and we look at i look at your past medical history um you know have you had a stroke have you had a heart attack um have you had a fall which would indicate maybe some difficulty with balance um You'll, you'll get a complete neurological exam. Well, you'll get a, a good exam once we start meeting again in person due to COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we, we test your balance and your walking. And it's not an easy test. I mean, we kind of stress you a little bit to see how good your balance uh, really, you know, really, really is. So, you, you know, you, you, this is, with all of this, <clears throat> all of this information, then we can start to work on well, what is the problem? Or, I'm going to back up. The first question is, is there a problem? And then mm. the part of that question is, well, what is you know what are the elements of the problem, and what is it what does it do to? Yes. No. I think that's. Um, I I totally agree. Is there a problem? And 
you know, families, they like to know what it is that's going on. People want to understand what's happening for their loved one. And, you know, in, um, in the world of vascular dementia, I mean, the good news, if there is good news, the good news is that um, it's not a progressive type necessarily. Can you speak to that, the difference? Um, Alzheimer's, we understand, has a certain progression. And, um, but vascular dementia, can you speak to the future in terms of the disease? Absolutely. And, and Nancy, you're absolutely correct. The first, the first step in answering those questions is to understand exactly what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in many instances of individuals with um, Alzheimer's disease, they don't have much in the way of these vascular problems. Um, on the other hand, if we're working on the hypothesis that most of the cognitive difficulty is coming from vascular factors, well, that gives us a lot of things to work on. So let's talk about, well, you know, that blood pressure, you're on this medicine, but that blood pressure is still too high for you. So I'm going to make a recommendation to your primary doctor to bring that bring that blood pressure down. You know, it, and of course, you know, if you're still smoking, obviously the answer is to let's, we need to get you off of the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. One factor we have not mentioned, and then and it's, uh, I neglected to do that, it's um, sleep. Mm. Sleep is very important to your brain. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And um, if you have um, a problem, say, with insomnia, or if you have um, sleep apnea, either perhaps undiagnosed or diagnosed, uh, treated or untreated. So sleep is an area that we can make some major improvements in. And some people can have improvement in their, uh, in their um, cognitive symptoms just by, mm. by treating the sleep issue. Okay. Um, another issue that we're going to be looking at, and I sometimes think I'm you know, the big bad person for getting into this, but um, alcohol. Alcohol actually is a vascular risk, which I think some people are astounded to hear that. But um, if you drink um, not even necessarily excessive amounts of alcohol, but if you drink regular a couple of glasses a day of whatever your beverage of choice is, that can lead to um, increase in your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. We know for sure it can lead to difficulties with your liver and perhaps your behavior, definitely your judgment. Um, and there's a whole, and, and then also to um, further sleep disturbance. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, we, we talk a lot about the alcohol and a lot of people are not convinced early on, but we, you know, we keep working together. And over time, many, many people who have reduced their use of alcohol will come back and say, you know, I didn't believe you, but now it has made a significant change in my life um, and in my sleep. And guess what? I only have to be on one blood pressure medicine now, not two, because oh now the alcohol influence is out of my body. So, so we go through all of those habits and um, illnesses that you might have, and we work on them one by one. And we're persistent. <laughs> we continue 
uh, to try to get you to the healthiest life that you can be. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to hear this information because I, um, I have been left with thinking where you are is where you are. You know, it, you can stop it from progressing. But what I'm hearing is there may be hope for some improvement with lifestyle changes. That's amazing. That's great to hear. Absolutely. And and before we leave this topic, let me mention one other aspect of that, which Mm -hmm. also um, is often overlooked. And that is, so Nancy, tell me, what medications are you on? (laughs) (laughs) What what over-the-counter supplements do you take? Um, So, yes, we do get into all of that. Um, And many people might be shocked to hear that there are a couple of types of medications that directly counteract our memory, directly. And those medicines, um, in particular for women or for men, have to do with um, certain, maybe control of of, of urination. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's another whole class, it's called, uh, you know, sedative hypnotic sedatives maybe some of those medicines we take to get to get to sleep at night may actually be having a huge interference with our uh, memory ability um the one i'm thinking of um it's it's very popular it's being heavily advertised um it is a um a, a name name brand form of something called diphenhydramine which is a fancy word, uh, the common word that everybody knows it in, is as a Benadryl. Benadryl and histamines directly counteract our memory formation. Wow. Yeah, wow. Um, So we can make a lot of improvement by looking at that medication list and targeting some to um, either be discontinued or can be re- can be replaced with a safer choice. Yes. Wow. Well, and let me um, and let's talk about some of the real world risks to people living with vascular dementia. If there is no, we've got a couple minutes before we go to our um, second break. Um, what about, um, you know, clearly um, financial exploitation we've touched on. If somebody um, has impaired judgment, you, you know, what, whatever type dementia, there's the risk of um, somebody being taken advantage of through scammers or individuals or family members, et cetera. Um, lack of insight, um, certainly we see that in a couple different forms of dementia but if you don't understand that you have a problem you can really get yourself in a whole lot of trouble Um, your um, discussion about balance and and walking uh, was new to me I really uh, was not uh, completely understanding the full connection there Um, and I assume most PTs do understand the connection, although typically they're just trying to find ways to compensate and correct the problem, really. Um, what other real-world risks? Well, if someone lacks insight, they're going to jump in a car and drive, right? 
often. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. and so we get to struggle with that. Um, check writing. Struggle, Nancy. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, it's one of the bigger struggles. Absolutely. Yes. Um, check writing, driving, um, being in your home, just remaining independent in your home. If you're having a problem with falling and and um, um, and letting people into your home that shouldn't be entering your home. I can't well, think of anything judgment, else. Judgment has to do also uh, with things such as getting on a ladder or mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. on the roof to change that swamp cooler. That's, yes. that's judgment and balance, and we've I've seen some unfortunate accidents. Right, right. Um, and so it's the family that sees these real-world activities going on, and and um, it sounds like one of the biggest parts of um, the diagnosis, particularly if you're not able to access a clinic like yours, and I, I want to talk about that in the next segment, um, but even, even when you're accessing a clinical, clinic like yours, you're depending on all of these observations that... Um, that indicate to you that there's a judgment. I mean, you have testing that you can do, but but not everybody has that testing that's trying to figure out what the problem is. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that in the next segment, what is available to families, how they can get help, how they can find, um, get a diagnosis and learn more about this particular disease. And so when we come back, we'll finish up with some of those areas and hear more from Dr. Knofel. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Are you overwhelmed and struggling with the next step? Is your family in crisis? Do you need advice or help making a difficult decision for an aging loved one? Aging Life Network was developed to connect you with senior care experts and life care professionals who will discuss your unique situation, offer practical step-by-step guidance, tell you the questions to ask, and help you understand the maze of options. Their network of life care professionals available to you through HIPAA-compliant video conferencing and calls, will work with you to create action plans to solve your current and real-time problems. Aging Life Network's online educational center, ALN Academy, offers 24-7 access to the most up-to-date and accurate information for seniors and their families. Through podcast interviews with senior care experts, articles, and live webinars, Aging Life Network shares with you those things you need to know to care for your aging loved one. Check out aginglifenetwork.com today and find the answers you need. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Aging Life Network. If you have a question or comment for Nancy about the show, please send an email to nancy at aginglifenetwork.com. That's nancy at aginglifenetwork.com. Now, back to the program. 
Hi, thank you for coming back and joining us. I'm here with Dr. Knofel, and we are talking about vascular dementia today. And I was asking, um, I was asking about how um, you know a family member might get a diagnosis. Uh, is the because of the boomer, you know, the demographics. Are, um, is the world of neurology getting on board at looking at and evaluating different types of dementia, Dr. Knofel? Um, Nancy, I would say yes. Um, I wish that we were um, here at Memory and Aging that we were able to have some satellite clinics, you know, out into the different parts of the state. Mm-hmm. That would really that would really be fantastic. Um, the good news is because of COVID. Uh, we've actually uh, really pivoted towards uh, virtual visits. Yes. Um, we really like, um, you know, the video, virtual video visits, um, but audio works as well. And we we welcome the referrals because we can get this process started. We can kick off this whole evaluation, you know, just with um, doing virtual consultations by uh, telehealth first. Well, and and we are also, um, I am um, live and on demand with people in various states around the country. And of course, as you know, there's only so many states that have the wonderful resource that you offer here in New Mexico. Um, I know in Boston, they have similar types of resources. Um, I'm sure most of the major cities, but we've got people you know, who's, who are listening, whose parents live in very rural areas. And I guess that's why I was asking if, um, if the field of neurology is pivoting at all to, to, you know, hearing more about what your research is finding. I, I love, I love that. I love that question because that is, um, that whole situation is in a flux. It's an evolution. Okay. Um, we, uh, because we have been a center uh, for memory and aging since uh, 2015, mm-hmm. but we there have been the you know the three of us the three professionals that we have Dr. John Adair, um, Dr. Gary Rosenberg, and myself. We have been working in this field, uh, you know, basically since at least 2010, if not earlier. <laughs> right. So um, we have uh, now. Um, a, a really nice community of, of neurologists who refer to us. Okay. They refer to us, and that's, that's wonderful. We, we reach out um, as well to um, the primary care uh, physicians mm-hmm. and providers um, to, to, you know, again, if there's a memory issue, just refer over to us, and then we will kick off that whole evaluation. Well, what if mom is in a state, um, maybe, you know, living 300 miles away, but they may in the, in the main city have a memory and aging center of some kind. It might be good for them to contact them, particularly now in this new virtual world, and see if they would do uh, an evaluation virtually or... Um, but I, I would imagine that might be possible under well, these circumstances. It, it, it's, it's very possible. Um, so um, okay. we have uh, families here in Albuquerque and in the immediate, you know, tri-county area 
who mm -hmm. have uh, uh, their older family members living in various places in the state and outside the state. Sure. And, um, you know, we will kick off the whole evaluation with a virtual visit. Um, and sooner or later, the family can arrange for a visit to come to visit right. them in Albuquerque. And then we will coordinate that with a, with a, a visit here to, to the Memory and Aging Center to actually do that in-person testing. Well, and in, there in are some ways, yeah, that. it does sound like it may behoove a family member to put a loved one in the car and, you know, get an appointment and take them in, even if you live, you know, 500 miles away. Um, but, but it sounds like the first thing to do is ask your primary for a referral to neurology if you think there's a problem and it's not being addressed. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and actually, if you know, I'll give a shout out to our own internet here. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if uh, somebody would like to uh, search UNM Memory and Aging, mm -hmm. our, our site will pop right up. Yes. And there's information ab about uh, our services there. There's a link to a referral form that the individual can print off and, you know, ask for that for their primary care provider to fill it out and fax it in. Um, so we, we do, you know, the truth of the matter is, Nancy, is that aging and cognitive decline is hard enough. And we do not want to make it any harder for you. <laughs> going to try to make it easy to get some answers. Well, and let me ask you, it's kind of a, I'm veering a little off topic, but I didn't want to um, not address the behavior changes that families often note in their loved one. And I don't know, having, you know, going back to what you said in the beginning of the show about frontal temporal dementia, you know, it could be that the person has a mixed quote, mixed dementia, we, we might want to just say what that is before we leave today, but, um, or it could be vascular, um, but talk about some of the behavior changes that you've noted over time behaviorally. Sure. Um, well, certainly the whole category of frontotemporal dementia is, is a entity onto itself. Um, it probably represents maybe 5% of um, the all total cases of dementia, but um, it's fairly easy, famous last words, <laughs> fairly mm -hmm. easy to recognize. Um, uh, there are a few cardinal symptoms that include um, significant change in personality, mm -hmm. um, a, a significant uh, change in judgment, um, and again, I'll tell you some stories from my Boston days when uh, one of my um, elder patients, uh, this was just for general medical care, I was seeing him, but um, his family showed up with him in clinic one day and, and they said, well, we just have to tell you that, um, you know, our father went out and bought his wife a pink Cadillac for a Christmas present. <laughs> and um, it's like, oh, okay. And, and they said, no, well, yeah. we took it back. And then right. he, went, he went the next day and ended up buying like a, you know, uh, a mega pickup truck. And these, these people are living in downtown Boston, okay? Right. So, <laughs> um, so yes. it's those kind of stories that stick with me 
um, and those kinds of behaviors that can really start to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to show us that mm, that judgment is is just not right. So that's that's those are extreme cases, and that's yeah the frontotemporal. Oh, okay, yeah, the a couple that jump out at me over the last decade or so are um, older men who have a lack of insight and get very angry that people are suggesting that there's anything wrong and it's so hard on the family. Well, Nancy, thank you for bringing up that symptom as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So we all know the term insight. Mm -hmm. Insight is the ability to internally reflect upon our own behaviors and our own actions and uh, that lives that lives in the frontal lobes. Yeah. That's part of that executive function. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes there is zero insight or very limited insight into the fact that things are changing or that, well, you know, buying that pink Cadillac probably wasn't the best judgment. His, his wife was equally elderly and she hadn't driven in about five years. Uh, right, but, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so the lack of insight uh, can also be a significant hindrance to actually obtaining um, an accurate yes. uh, and certainly yes. an early diagnosis. But thank goodness for families. Um, our well, families are there for us. Yeah, yeah. The All of what we've talked about today is just incredibly challenging for um, family members to manage and um, finding ways to get help, to get um, to get answers, to get a diagnosis, to interface with a group like yours where they can look at um, the various pieces, conditions contributing. Uh, I, I got some hope today. I mean, so just to close, um, I think the three points we're trying to make today is that there are many forms of dementia. Alzheimer's is the most popular, but it is certainly not the only one, and it can be very different from Alzheimer's. Um, So keep that in mind. Also, obtaining a diagnosis and a fuller understanding of your loved one's impairment may require an evaluation, a fuller evaluation than you're able to get with your primary. Um, So ask for a referral. Um, I am so glad Dr. Knofel could join us today. Um, You're amazing. The work you're doing is amazing. I do want to let people know that um, contributions in the form of uh, um, donations to the UNM Foundation, specifically referencing the uh, Center for Memory and Aging, is always welcome by the professionals over there. Uh, You can join us live each Wednesday or on demand at voiceamerica.com or follow us on your favorite podcast channel. Um, I hope you all have a great week. Um, Thanks again, Dr. Knofel. You're, you're, you're really, um, you're really awesome. Thank Nancy. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Believe me. Good. Yes. I'm, I'm glad you came back. And um, we'll be talking about other dis- um, topics in the future. I'm running out of time. So see you next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Aging Life Network. Please join host Nancy Oriola for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
We can't wait to talk again.